What's up, guys? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Gettys, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Oh, waka waka. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Greg. Thank waka you. waka. That's Remember great. Fozzie Bear, everybody. Fozzie a lot Bear. of people want to forget about him because the Muppets are terrible, but that's a yeah. conversation for a different day. Pac-Man also makes that sound. You know? Waka waka waka. That's great. Yeah. We also no, have no, Blessing no. at AAU Jr., the new face of the uh, games. Waka flocka flame. That's all I Waka flocka flames. That's all I See, that's, the, that's the thing, too, with the, with the, with the waka. I jump to that bless. Greg goes okay, to this sure, Fozzie sure. Bear. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Exactly. Exactly. And making his return to the show for the first time in a decade, Imran <laughs> Khan, the former informer. I, I noticed saying like the intro for a games cast, a blessing in the Sonic costume. Sonic still has the eyes, which means that in that like costume, Blessing's face is Sonic's mouth. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is modeled, it's modeled well, after the Crash Bandicoot. Jesus, what does that mean? I wasn't gonna say it, but there's a thing called Vor, and let me tell you, there's a community for it. Bless. Should I Google but, it? I mean, in the Sonic you, community, like, it's fine. It, yeah, it are you kink shaming right now, Kevin? Well, I mean, V O R E. I, I mean, do you know, do you know what Vor is? Being honest, no, it's where Snake. Well, I mean. Snakes is the most popular thing in there, right? What does Vor what? mean in slag? Vor means a rare sexual fetish where someone experiences sexual arousal from imagining swallowing or devouring people whole or from being swallowed or devoured whole. Go to um, Pornhub and put in Vor and then... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I say that too. a lot of bad CG videos but... of snakes, like giant anaconda-sized snakes eating... My anaconda don't. <laughs> Wow. Kevin, you do you know wow. this off the top? Like, <laughs> oh, God, why top? did you tell me to do this? <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of funny games cast each and every week right here trying, on well, YouTube. I'm just trying to express that. I'm not kink shaming. I'm just saying, games. like, you know, maybe I've did. Well, obviously, this is the thing you're into because you Kevin know. Kevin is a man of the world. I'm not into it. I, know what, I just, I know of it. I know when come together. Means. You know what happens when you search war on Pornhub. Oh, my God. Just saying we come together is like odd wording for right now <laughs> you're right you're right you're right we talk about video games here video <laughs> games are cool sometimes things get a little freaky but hey that's just the way we like it here it kind of funny you can get this show with the exclusive post show and ad free by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can also watch it live as we record it or you can watch it later for free on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com you can also listen to it by searching for kind of funny games cast on your favorite podcast service um the people getting the show ad free could also be Patreon producers like Mohammed Mohammed, Connor Nolan, James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, Julian the Gluten Free Gamer, Delaney Twinning, Aaron Bonilla, Jeffrey Long, and Jesus Barrio, aka Bent Fork PR. Thank you all very much for that. Um, I was saying earlier, this is Imran's return to the show. This is also like the return of the normal games cast. It's been a while since we've had just a topic. It's been a lot of reviews. It's been a lot of spoiler casts. Excellent content. If you guys are interested at all in, Lo in uh, not Lord of the Rings, Last of Us, uh, we've <laughs> been doing doing so much of that. There's also some great Lord of the Rings content over on youtubecom slash funny uh, that you can check out. But today we're talking about video games. We're talking about bug snacks. We're talking about kind of funny games. What we've been playing. That's what I want to start off with. Now, to start it off, we're going to talk about things that we can't actually talk about. Greg. Yeah, that's right. So here's the thing. The Vor stuff led me, you know, there's a lot of, there's, oh, you know, yeah. Mass Effect oh, from yeah. uh, Miranda. Mass Effect from, uh, is all over this thing. There's a lot of Mass Effect stuff on Pornhub, Why guys. Like, yeah, there there's, is. there's alien species in that game that, like, actually eat people. 
Why Miranda? I know I gotta wait. Yeah. Well, you know what? Well, I'll tell you off air about the thing I just saw Miranda do. <laughs> you don't want to know. You don't want to know, Imran. All right. This is V O R E. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. It'll I'm shocked. All you did. Yeah. No. I'm there, really surprised. There's, there's like a lot of videos that aren't animals, and that's that's disturbing. Which kind of then goes well, and turns into a. See this one type? of this pelican eat a person? Jesus Christ! Yeah. You well, know there's somebody I mean? who's recently been been venturing into VR. Um, sure. there's, an, there, there's like an interesting intersection between uh VR and VOR and what that means for the Pornhub community, and so, like, there, there and listen, this isn't me speaking from experience, this isn't me <laughs> telling you what I'm into. This is all your star. Hey, first off, again, this is a safe spot. I just learned about VOR. I'm not judging you if you're right now driving your van full of nuns around. Oh my god, VOR. all right, I, it's your thing. Well, I couldn't hear I'm it, I didn't, saying, I didn't have the sound I'm, turned up. I'm just saying. Oh my I, God, this is crazy. I'm just saying there, there, there are videos you can find if you're searching uh, uh, Pornhub VR where you are tiny and you are looking up at gigantic women who are like wanting to. See, why is that called Vora, not like Mario? Like, why is that not just the name of the fetish? Oh. Just Mario fetish. Wait, is that Vora or is that just VR porn? We're starting to mix no, up Vor, terms. No, Vora. Like, Vora uh, VR okay, porn. Okay. Like, you could be the small person in. I, gotcha. I guess you could do this gotcha. in porn. Like, in, the, the, but like in, in VR, the, you're like. Looking in up the scene from gigantic. Dude Where's My Car. Remember when I mentioned that scene from Dude's Where Dude Where's My Car, Tim? I do. You remember? <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh yeah. So Tim, to bring you up to speed, yeah. You you, you like you sat down. You, of course, you have your topic of the show, tots, tots, tots. But you wanted to know what we've all been playing, and the mm -hmm. problem is a lot of us are playing embargoed things right now because we have hit that part where it's an embarrassment of riches, where there are just a gajillion games out to play, let alone unreleased games. So right now we're recording this on July first uh, in the afternoon. That means I am currently playing Iron Man VR. Uh, the embargo for that lifts tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. That's a uh, July 2nd, uh, 5 a.m. Pacific time, of course. Um, what we're going to do with that uh, is interesting. I think I'm going to prep some tweets just to give my initial thoughts because I'm still playing through it right now. It's a very tight embargo. Uh, I'm going to prep some tweets, put it up there, and I would imagine me and Bless are going to have a bigger discussion on PS I Love You on Tuesday. Does that make sense, Bless? Yeah, that, that probably works. Because you're working on it too, right? Yeah, I'm trying. There's a lot of stuff that I'm playing and doing. It's yeah. my birthday weekend too, and so you know, gotta Things gotta celebrate. Crazy. Don't get crazy. <laughs> Nothing crazier than just playing Iron Man by yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think we'll do that for that. So look for tweets from me if you're watching this uh, whenever in the timeline, or watch PS I Love You XOXO next weekend. And then on top of that, uh, I think all of us are or you, Tim. I don't think you've started yet, but we I all have. Yet, but I we all have Ghost of Tsushima, and the embargo for that is Tuesday the 14th at 7 a.m. So we're all playing through that as well. So yeah. hands are tied for me on what I've been playing because I was I was already working through Ghost. I've been playing Predator. Now there's new Samurai Predator out too. We're doing stream you can catch on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games for that thursday and friday uh so there's a bunch of predator i've been playing but you've heard me talk about predator and then it's just i've been playing after coming off last of us into this stuff a little bit of minecraft dungeons still gonna platinum that one day but i've been playing iron man vr and ghost of Tsushima, and i can't say anything about it there's other embargo games too but we can't talk about them so yeah that's just how things go you know well, fun stuff fun stuff it but is fun stuff it's great it's a crazy time right now yeah totally what i can talk about though <clears throat> is the super smash brothers 8.0 update Min Min came out yesterday. Oh. That's fun. The I'm going to Google Min the, Min see what that is. The second round of DLC characters. Min Min's from ARMS, Greg. Oh, okay. I remember that. Don't do it in Pornhub. God damn it. Don't <laughs> bring everything back to Pornhub, Kevin. 
Um, I played through, got all the new spirits that they added, um, did all the the DLC spirit battles, did the um, classic mode. Imran, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So these DLCs drop, and all of a sudden it's just like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going straight to the DLC spirit board, then I'm going to classic mode, boom, get in them all. Um, so the, the total spirit tally right now I think is uh, 1,420. So it's a lot I, of spirits. I've missed a few events. I know I at least missed the Trials of Mana one. So mm. I have to wait for them to go like put those things back and then I will get to them all. And they did not put them all back in this, which mm. is weird because they used to do it when there's a new DLC character. They'd like they'd add them all and they just didn't. So I'm missing out on the uh, um, We Fit Adventure. Wait, Ring, Ring Fit Fed. Adventure. Yeah. And um, the Animal Crossing ones that they just added. So I'm there's seven that I'm missing, which is. I don't know how I can sleep at night, but um, <laughs> I did get all, all the rest of the, the stuff. Um, I will say this is one of the weaker spirit DLC boards mm-hmm. where it's like the, the themes were fun and stuff. And at the end of the day, the greatest addition that um, this DLC update gave Super Smash Brothers was the arms theme song, which has been a slap, is currently a slap and will continue to be a slap till the end of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. That there's like every remix possible of it for all the different um, arms characters that you face off against. Uh, the classic mode was cool, though. I actually liked how they kind of implemented it all. I always have fun playing through as the new DLC characters for the first time, like in classic to kind of just, you know, get my bearings of the character. And Min Min's fun. Um, it continues the tradition of the DLC characters and I guess even just the new characters for um, Smash Ultimate of being a lot more unique and gimmick-based than some yeah. of the other characters, where it's like it's very rare that there'll be a new character that's just a smash brothers character there's always like some meter that is unique to this or like some weird change-ups that um other characters haven't seen before like joker eventually turning into persona joker or whatever the fuck it's yeah the closest now. is like banjo and banjo still like has a meter that yes, can exactly screw him yeah um and you know terry having kind of the unique inputs that are featured in in the king of fighters and all that yeah. stuff um or fatal fury um but with uh with min min her whole thing is instead of having unique uh, B special attacks, it's A and B is punching left and right. And it's a totally different gameplay style than what we're used to, specifically because you can kind of use smash attacks in the air and like charge them up and stuff. And that was super fun. And the down B changes out what your left arm is. Um, There's three different types of arms that you can attach to yourself. (laughs) And I love it because it like, it kind of has that Pokemon trainer element um, of, being able to switch out on the fly but it's super fast so it's like you can combo and like uh trip people up definitely a long range fighter obviously um but i'm having a lot of fun with her and i i kind of when me and bless reacted for the first time uh to the reveal uh she looked fun but i was like i i don't think that she's necessarily going to be my cup of tea but like checking it out i was like oh shit like she's she's really fun and unique but in a way that it, it just makes sense even though it's using the smash brothers archetype of you know control scheme like adding the arms elements of it like feels natural and i felt like i was totally in control um totally dominated the classic mode i ended up with like 9.8 or whatever um, oh damn and then but then i went i played uh against three or i played three matches um just against level nine computers got my ass fucking kicked totally <laughs> kicked like yeah so i'm definitely not like battle ready with her yet but it is um, kind of funny that like with byleth they said okay this is a distance character where this character's whole thing is they reach farther than anyone else. And literally the next character, they're like, no, this character now reaches further. This is now the big reach guy character. And the reach is insane. Like with uh, one of her moves, especially in the air, 
just her normal a move she throws her arm out and then the little dragon like opens its mouth and shoots out a fireball and like it is final it like reaches across final destination plus more like it's just utterly ridiculous and you can curve it down and stuff it's cool i can't wait to see some like actual pros play uh, as min min because they're gonna they're gonna fuck some people up but yeah if you get knocked off the stage um you you were pretty limited on your options on getting back. Like if you're vertically, you're super good. You could be further down than probably anyone else and get back up. But the, it's the horizontal that's a little bit more troublesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You excited for this, Imran? Yeah, I, I need to get around to doing it. I don't think I found, I've bought the season pass yet, which I probably should at some point. It just usually, like if not for Ghost of Tsushima, I will be probably streaming this out and playing some matches with the community. But right now I'm a little busy, but I maybe tonight or tomorrow I'll dive in exciting stuff yeah. i'm in i'm in the same place switch. <laughs> yeah i because i realized i don't think i bought the second battle pass or the expansion uh pass whatever it's called for super smash brothers ultimate and she looks really cool like i'm really excited to actually try it out and, and see what that's about i'm do you have any predictions on what they who are on who they might announce next because honestly i know the big no. question is like are they nintendo characters now since the last battle pass is all third party uh well it wasn't because we had Byleth, never yeah. forget. Oh, yeah, that's a good point that we did get yeah. I, I think yeah. that like if there's one thing that we should have learned from Smash Ultimate at this point, it's that there's no pattern. Like there's no nothing we can look at Just to predict whatever. who's gonna be next. Um, but it it does seem pretty clear to me at least that they they're all decided um and that they are being worked on because that even the video we watched blessed, like that was pre-recorded from the beginning of May. Yeah. So it's like in Sakurai's dope ass baller house. Greg, you know how Nick always want like always asks, like, is that his real house? Is that his couch? Yeah. Now it is for the first time because of, of quarantine. It's, it's nicer and, than his office, honestly. Sakurai's like literally it's doing literally a house nice tour. House. It's the best. <laughs> it's the absolute best. I love it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you Imran, do you have any predictions on I I do think it will be probably mostly Nintendo, just speculation. But I if I had to guess who I would want in a next one, I would I think Captain Toad would be the, like, for me, I think it would be one of the cooler ones to put in. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm. Especially if he can't jump. Yeah. They'd have to get creative with that. Just him cool. tethering to everything. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that could be cool. Uh, moving on from Smash Brothers, bless, just for a while, I want to just let you talk about Star Wars Episode Dude. 1 Racer. <laughs> so... I, I'm like, I don't know if I want to wax poetic because I'm going to talk about on PS Love You XOXO because it's one of our 104 games that we're ranking. Um, but this this game, more so than any other game we've done for that segment, I found myself just obsessed with on, on another level. Really? Um, because, yeah, because it's, it's Star Wars Episode One Racer from the N64. And I played this game as a kid. I didn't own it. And so I played it uh, at a friend's house. A dude lived in my neighborhood who I was friends with. And I'd go over to his house all the time to play it. Um, and so I never actually got to experience it as like my own game, only as a, a, a two player game. And so getting the game for our PS Love You segment and actually sitting down and playing through it and then looking at the trophies and going like, that seems attainable. And then me me starting to play it and getting further and further and further into it and then realizing that this game surpri- has, has aged surprisingly well for an N64 game. It is really fun. It has that... Um, it has the elements of Star Wars that I think matters uh, most, especially for the prequels. Like the the soundtrack of the game is, is incredible because it is Duel of the Fates and basically a bunch of, of Star Wars songs playing over <laughs> these tracks. The 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 sense of speed you get in the game is actually really impressive. Again, for an N sixty four game, um, it almost reminds me of of playing Burnout 
like you get that that similar sense of speed while at the same time the treks are designed in a way to where uh you can crash and stuff in the same way they would crash and burnout but the treks are designed for you to to hopefully not feel like you're you're crashing on the first time like if you're good enough at the game you should be able to get through a track get through a new track without crashing because that's how good the map design is or the track design is um and so playing through it it's been the, it's been just this experience of oh man yeah this is an old game but still really fun and yeah like I, I'm, I'm i'm really enjoying it the the actual uh mechanics in the game as far as boosting and repairing your speeder as you're as you're racing also pretty good like to in order to boost you have to hold up um and you have like a meter so once you get to once you get up to a certain speed you hold up and then that meter will then fill and then you click x and then that'll boost or not x you click go so that's r2 and then that'll or maybe it's x and go you click a combination of buttons and then that'll that'll boost you um it feels cool in the way that you really do feel like you're you are putting in like the maneuvers to boost if that makes sense like you feel like you're actually there like trying to make this thing work um and Bless, so did that, you ever play back in the day in the arcade oh was this game in the arcade there's an arcade version where you're actually in a pod racer i and did not know that the n64 really cool. version you could play single player with two two n64 controllers <laughs> like it's a pod racer which is <laughs> that awesome. i did know but yeah like isn't it still th- in this game would make Cruz? sense for arcade it is still in Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. We can Warm go, California bless. Sun. Once everything Dude, I'm to down normal. to go. I'm honestly down to go because at this point, I'm kind of obsessed with the track design in the game. I want you to, to come in and school people show how fucking, like, you're stu- you know every curve of this place because of this game. Yeah. Kev, can you bring up the box art of the original N64 version? And while you do that, Greg, like, have you yeah. ever played this game? Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, way back in the day, I played the N64 version at, like, Michael Bryan's house. I think we might have rented it. Do you remember the cover of the game? No. Well, I want to say like it was the two like, like engines the ripping right? off to the side, right? No, and the red by no, a bar. No? It's, it's not. What it's am I thinking of? Or maybe I'm thinking of the cartridge. Oh, no, this is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, this is what I remember of the cover. No. Okay. So this was like, this is like the new, it's that. It's the N64 box at the bottom left. Oh. This weird black placeholder Give me box. One second. It's not placeholder, Greg. No, no, I know. <laughs> I The fact that you're calling it up, I assume it's not. Yeah, but definitely. Uh, I can't that, wait. That, that is like when you, like right now, that's the meme of my passion is graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> what is even, is it? I miss that. Is that Watto in the background? Who's in the back? Mm-hmm. It is. Watto in the back. It's a giant that's Watto. awesome. <laughs> a giant Watto. That's <laughs> awesome. Holy that's great. shit. I, out of, that was a good day, mother. Out of all the fucking Watto shit I've been given since that, (laughs) him and I are so intrinsically tied together, I cannot believe I have not gotten this box. And I will search for it at every PAX from here on out. They're making him look like a Sith Lord in that, like, they could not make him look more menacing than they do in that box. (laughs) (laughs) God. Like, Watto is like a main character in the game. He is the, sure, but what a fucking boring ass box. I mean, yeah, boring ass box. I'm tweeting this out, no context. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been I've been enjoying the game. It's I it, the the platinum also seems to be very easy. The problem is, I'm pretty sure I fulfilled all the things I need in order to get the last trophies of the platinum, and for some reason they're not popping. And I think that might be tied to cheat codes um, because there are cheat codes that you can input for the game, and I've been inputting cheat codes because. Um, but I think that's how I got mirror mode, and that's how I unlocked a, unlocked a couple of the characters to get the trophies. 
Um, but at a certain point, I guess that kind of might that might have fucked things up. And so mm. I don't know if I need to go back and redo some things or what. For example, one of the trophies, actually quite a few of the trophies, I think like three of the trophies I need to get, the last remaining ones are uh, I need to unlock Sebulba, who's a character in the yeah, game. I need to unlock uh, a couple of other characters. And then I need to get first place in every single race. I've gotten first place in every single race. And I've done the races. I've gotten first place in the races that should unlock those last characters. Those characters are unlocked for me because I had input. I've, I inputted cheats toward the beginning of my playthrough, mm. but the trophies are now not popping for them as I'm fulfilling the the, the actual tasks. And so I might have messed up my own trophy. Uh, uh, you hate to see it. Yeah, hate to see it. Start. Yeah, do it again. So, it's it's was, a bummer. I was convinced Sabalba was going to have a part in Attack of the Clones, like. While they were on Tatooine, the entire time I was like, "Okay, so comes. yeah, Sebulba was the one who captured his mom, right?" Because like oh there God. had to have been some like they wouldn't put Watto in if they weren't also going to bring back the fact that Anakin screwed over Sebulba. Like it's Wait, a logical thing. Wait, hold on. Did I he love screw this. Over Sebulba? I mean, he kicked his ass. Yeah, but like that's it not screwing him. He over beat him now. fairly. Sebulba actually cheated. Remember, he broke I mean, off the thing on the side. Of uh, Anakin's speeder. Are there really laws on Tatooine? Like, it's fine. Also well, I mean, point. there's no laws, but there's, like, mutual respect for the game. <laughs> True. No, I'm with Imran. I want I want to see Imran's version of Star Wars Episode yeah. 2. Make a new Star Wars spinoff that's like The Mandalorian, but about Sebulba. Mm-hmm. Called the Pod I Race? dig it. Make it yeah. better than dug it. Mandalorian, I dug please. it. Pod Racer Nation. Call it that. Pod Racer well, Nation? Yeah. I want another racer. There was another racer. I, there was a sequel. I want, an, I want another another racer because I know there's racers revenge for PS2, right? <laughs> yeah, I this could be like them testing the water, though. seeing man, seeing what's up there. You just know, seeing, people just want seeing. this. If they, they want if they put out another like a modern racer, at this point, I'm going to be very excited after playing Episode One Racer because that game's re- fantastic. Reskin Need for Speed, whatever, and just put pod racers in it. <laughs> so, can I ask you a question, Bus? Are you mm. going to platinum this because it's an easy platinum, or because you're just addicted to it and you love it that much? Both. I mean, when I first started it. I think for for this game as a racing game that doesn't have a plot or anything to it, I think, you know, looking at the trophies, that was kind of the motivating motivating factor for me. I was like, okay, well, I, it's not really a way to beat this game unless like I complete all the races. But you know, as I'm doing that, I might as well just chase after the trophies and make that oh, yeah. my main goal. Um, and so yeah, I, I I got to that point where I I, I got first place in all like, all the races, and it would have I would have gotten the platinum as a thing to do or as like that that final goal of mine. Before we move on to the next thing, uh, Greg brought to my attention, we have new Patreon producers for this month. Delaney Twinning, Jeffrey P. Long, uh, Skin Tight Salmon, Game Jumper X, and Mohammed Mohammed. I'll remember if I've repeated any of those. As a shout out to the Central West Gaming and James Hastings. Yeah, and Julian the Gluten Free and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shout out to the one and only Game Jumper X in the YouTube chat who I caught. So you miss me, Tim. And then I looked at the date and I was like, fuck, it's July. <laughs> and then I looked at well, we don't have Patreon producers yet. Shout out to Joey Noel for pulling them together so quickly. I love to see it. Now, Bless, uh, before we move on to the topic of the show, I did want to at least for a little bit talk about Cyberpunk 2077 because you did get to play it. You can watch our full uh, first impressions over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games now. But I, I want to ask you, like, what did you not talk about there that you kind of now that you've reflected i know you've done a couple podcasts with a couple other people about it what are your new thoughts on the game i don't Take know if i have back. that that many new thoughts um i think the more and more i've kind of sat on it and the more and more i've kind of thought about it the more and more excited for the game i am uh to come out is more so like a, re- a reiteration of what i was feeling before 
like the 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 places they're going as far as the the rpg elements of it and the ownership that you're taking over the story and what pack uh path you go down um as your v v being the main character mm-hmm. um that that stuff really excite excites me still that stuff i think is going to be i think that is going to be the big takeaway from this game um and yeah like i like just just reiterate like this game is gonna be incredible like then that's 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 really the main thing uh for me greg miller uh yes hi i'm greg miller from kind of uh i noticed as a fan of you blessing at aou jr that on uh ps i love you recently you stated that final fantasy 7 was still your game of the year uh oh, yeah. do you foresee cyberpunk giving uh cloud a run for his money thank you Ooh, that's a really good question i I think by the end of the year, it's going to be a big race between those three. Um, those three being Final Fantasy VII Remake, Last of Us Part Two, and uh, Cyberpunk. I think the thing that Cyberpunk will need to do in order to overtake those other two for me is mm-hmm. um, just have a really good story, honestly. Like, if they're able to have a story that I connect with and characters that I find memorable um, alongside doing these things that I think move the envelope in terms of... Um, ambition and scope with the the different branches you can take and the different um uh customization elements and the different upgrade trees and 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 dialogue trees and all those things if they can do that at this and at the same time create a memorable experience for me i think i i I could see that happening um Mm -hmm. especially because for me i think out of out of all these games cyberpunk is the one that is most set up to really vibe with me um, I've mentioned on shows before that like some of my favorite games are Grand Theft Auto games. Both GTA San Andreas and uh, GTA Five are two of my favorite games. Um, you know, Deus, <clears throat> the, the Deus Ex series is really up there for me. Um, I really like this type of game, being the open world city game, being the the RPG that is also uh, drenched in this sci fi sci fi cyberpunk aesthetic. Um, and so, in a lot of ways, cyberpunk is kind of set up to succeed with me in in that way. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of a we'll see thing with the story and how well they, how well they actually execute. So does um, it feel more like Deus Ex or does it feel like an like a GTA kind of game? Because like watching the trailer, it looked real actiony, and it's not something I expected from the people who made The Witcher. Like I expected a more like <laughs> RPG kind of thing. You've you've said RPG a couple of times. I just I I still remain unconvinced that that is an RPG first and foremost, and then an action game part of second. that. Mm-hmm. It, it it is. I think when you watch a trailer or when you just watch gameplay, you get open world action game vibes. But in the actual experience, it is like 100% RPG. I mean, it, it is it is 100% RPG with action elements that are very good, with action elements that that work in the same way that you would think a Far Cry works. Um, and so, in you you get a lot of the RPG out of the 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 dialogue branches and um the quest system and the leveling up the the skill trees are super 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 in depth and so i I talked about this in the first impressions but you have uh essentially like your your cool factor your um your tech ability your um uh strength i forget the exact words from but but they have like cyberpunky terms for all these things dong size uh yeah dong size yeah no dong (laughs) size is legit just an aesthetic thing but you have you have those different um uh you know branches that you can put points into and then go into them and then uh expand out from there and that like i mean horizon zero dawn has that as well but the way in which cyberpunk i think is doubling down on making that experience kind of core to to the whole game and making making that uh 
that ownership of the of the exact route you want to take within this game, making that a core feature of this game, I think is gonna really drill down the RPG elements of this game. Like it is this game is way more of an RPG than it is an open world action game, even though at the same time it is an open world action game. And to so to what you're saying, right? Like the the in terms of how it feels, it I would say the shooting is better than Deus Ex. Because Deus, Deus Ex had like the cover system and stuff they they did to. I've never uh, fired a gun in that game in my life. In Deus Ex, like the <laughs> yeah. like the, the the original ones or the new ones, both. Really? Yeah. So I've only I've only played the newer Deus Ex games, being Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, um, and I can't remember the exact route I took in Mankind Divided. I know in Human Revolution I tried to go stealth, and at a certain point I was like, "Fuck it, I'm killing everybody." <laughs> and so that's usually how those, it goes. Those games have cover systems and different things they do to compensate for the shooting because the shooting isn't incredible. And in, in in those games, they want you to do stealth more so than even shooting. Um, in Cyberpunk, you know, stealth is an option. You know, going loud is an option. Hacking is an option. Um, and all of them feel kind of equally valuable for, or not valuable, equally valid to me. Like they all feel like if you want to go loud you're not necessarily going to be super punished for going loud. Uh, that's not, that's, they, they don't really encourage you to go one way over another. They want you to really like find the way you want to play and go, go about it. And so in that way, I think it, it breaks away from that Deus Ex nature like that. But it's also, um, when you want to compare it to GTA, like the driving in the GTA feels better. Um, and I, it's hard for me to compare the shooting because, I was, again, I was playing via NVIDIA GeForce Now with game streaming. And so there was some hiccups in the shooting there and in some of the action there. But for the most part, like the shooting felt fine. I don't know if I'd compare the shooting to actual first person shooter games that just do that. Like I wouldn't compare it to Wolfenstein or Doom or anything like that. But would you compare it, it to Fallout? Good enough. I'd say it's better than Fallout. Okay. I'd say I'd compare it kind of maybe to Far Cry even. Uh -huh. um, and so like shooting is good. The, sh the, the shooting worked for me. But it, it seems to be this kind of this kind of uh, jack of all trades, and we'll see which ones it's a master of. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I kind of want to go to that game, also not shooting a gun and seeing what happens, like because that's that's a more enjoyable thing to me. And I remember like talking to CD Project Red a couple of E3s ago, being like, "Can you kill or just not kill anyone in this game?" They said, "No, no, you're gonna have to kill people." Then the next year, it's like, "No, no, actually, we can you can do it without killing people." So I don't know if they were just bullshitting me before, but I'm curious to how that game actually unfolds that way. Hmm. Yeah, I get the impression that you you might be able to get through it without killing people. Greg, you bringing up the uh, the game of the year so far conversation is is interesting to me now. So bless, like you, even after Last of Us, you're you're sticking on uh, Final Fantasy VII. Greg, I assume based on the way you've been talking about Last of Us, Predator. Oh Switch. no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Animal no, no. Crossing was your your <laughs> former game of the year. The yeah. two extremes of gaming, Last of All Us right, and right. Crossing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's firmly in Last of Us Part Two camp, and as much as I'm excited for Cyberpunk and Ghosts and everything else, like I can't imagine anything dethroning it. Yeah, I hope it does. I hope everything dethrones oh, course, it. I hope, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I also like. I'm surprised that uh, I, I'm putting Last of Us over Final Fantasy VII because I loved Final Fantasy VII so much, but I do think that it, pretty by a pretty wide margin, uh, it would be my game of the year so far. And um, Cyberpunk would be the one that I'm I'm very open to changing my mind on that but like this preview and seeing this kind of round of the game made me a lot less hyped for it than i have been before and i think it I was, was focused on the brain dance and all that stuff where i was just like like oh man there's gonna be a lot of stuff i don't like in this game but the thing is maybe i don't need to do that stuff like maybe it's just there's so much offerings in the game that i can just play it the way i want to and and that's going to be an amazing experience and that's what i'm hoping for 
Um, but yeah, this is the least hyped I've been for for Cyberpunk. Mm. I think uh, it functions better as an abstract concept of like, oh, here's a really ambitious game for the people who made The Witcher 3. It's like, that sounds very cool, and I am down to play that game. But the more details you give me, I'm like, all right, this sounds cool. I'm still down to play this, but you're showing me a reality that might not necessarily jive with the way I want to play a game. Yeah, we'll see. I am still very optimistic about it. Um, uh, Imran, we haven't had you on the show for a while. I don't know what you're... Have you played Last of Us yet? Not yet. Uh, I just got the code last week, so... That was like I think the same day we got Tsushima codes, so cool. I immediately just started playing that. I will get to if I finish Tsushima fast enough, I will be able to play Last of Us before then compare the two. But yeah, I'm very I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on a uh, on Last of Us too, especially given you like not being the number one fan of Naughty Dog games traditionally in the conversations we've been having about yeah. the first Last of Us, right? And especially now, I feel everyone are kind of funny. And I'm pretty sure I can say that actually every single person that's played it so far has been completely in love with it different degrees of love but i know nick and andy just beat it he absolutely loves it nick's making his way through and so far he absolutely loves it barrett uh beat it same thing yeah so i'm, I'm actually, pretty eager to see it nick played three hours of last of us one before he figured out he was playing the wrong game <laughs> wait what nick nick started last of us one again thinking it was last of us part did he really no, but you could believe it. Oh, you? he's I an know, idiot. Nick sucks. So we hate much. Oh my god! He's the worst. He's so stupid. <laughs> he really does suck. That, it that does say how, how how people how well people here know Nick that me and Blessing laughed at that. It's like, oh, that's got to be a joke. And Tim's like, I took that seriously. Wait a second, yeah, that's possible. No, way wait too serious. He's like, why why am I having this flashback? <laughs> oh, I, I am I am now looking at a, a list of games that are coming out that I've been putting together for myself of games that are coming out this year that I'm excited for. That I'm still looking forward to, and I'm trying to like parse together like can is can anything else really jump out as a game of the year contender? And it's looking like, like I don't know, man. Um, I, I think we might have our three here because what Fast and Furious Crossroads comes out August seventh, and I I don't necessarily think that's gonna be the one. Um, I mean, we still have two like E3 shows minimum. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a big thing. Like uh, Valhalla. Um, yeah. but yeah, West of Dead, Sports Story. Marvel's Avengers, Star Wars Squadrons, um, Fall Guys, RPG Time, 12 Minutes. Tony this is my Hawk, list. Crash Bandicoot. Tony Hawk, Crash Bandicoot, No More Heroes 3, which is supposed to come out this year, but now I'm getting more doubtful. Um, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Bugsnacks, mm. um, Deathloop. Like it, there's a, there's a lot of exciting <laughs> games coming out this year. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Well, speaking of all of that, this is a great transition into our topic of the show. But before that, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Hems, a new wellness brand for men. Listen, guys, uh, there's a common issue that guys face sometimes later in life. And you know what I'm talking about? Think long and hard about it. Uh, that's right. 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. And I'll tell you what, guys, I just turned 40. I am not looking forward to this. Barrett, as you know, when I was 25 years old, I started losing my hair. And Hems has helped me out with that. I take all their stuff uh, on, on a daily basis to keep my hair and uh and man i'll tell you what if i lose if i lose my ability to salute barrett you know i'm coming right back to him for hims.com that's what i'm going to do uh <laughs> let me tell you is uh for hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss skincare and sexual wellness for men uh hims connects you with real licensed doctors and fda approved pharmaceutical products to help treat ED. These are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you combat that erectile dysfunction. Uh, these are prescription solutions backed by science and made more affordable. Uh, see results where other treatments have fallen short. 
man, I like the people that write these copies. They are, they are, they are people after my own heart. Stop worrying about the multiple in-doctor visits. Uh, no painful injections like other treatments. This is so easy. Uh, they're going to answer questions about your medical history. Excuse me. You're going to answer questions about your medical history and chat with a doctor for a confidential review. If approved by the doctor, products are shipped directly to your door. Uh, being your best means performing your best. It's erectile without the dysfunction. Ow. Gotta love that. And this is gonna be the hardest year of your life. And they mean that in a good way. And I and I back that. I fully percent back that. Here's the deal that Hims has for you right now. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash kind of funny. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash kind of funny. Forhims.com slash kind of funny. Prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost you hundreds if you went in person to a doctor's office or pharmacy. Remember, that's forhims.com slash kind of funny. Now back to the show. E3 is not happening this year. But it kind of is anyways. Summer game fest, summer game mess, the, the summer of play, the gaming things are here. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. It's happening now, man. It's been happening. It's going to continue to happen. I kind of want to ask you guys, what are your thoughts so far? What, do you, what are the successes? What are the failures? Who's winning? It's a kind of just a big open conversation. Imran, I kind of want to start with you on this. So who's winning is... Not as hard a question as you'd think, because honestly, the answer is Sony. And that's not a quit. As Microsoft came into the summer carrying so much momentum, especially because like we were all there for the Game Awards and like, oh, this is super cool that they revealed the console ahead of when they were. We usually thought they were supposed to. They've been so open about it. They've been talking up its features. And then there was that May event where they went, okay, we're going to show you gameplay from next-gen games, and it kind of floundered. Nothing against Microsoft, they just made a mistake there. That was not the way that should have gone. And Sony used that to kind of, whether they were considering it a direct competition or not, they used that opportunity to say, okay, here's what you can actually expect from next-gen games, and did a much better job of it. They also stumbled here and there, but it was overall, like, I would put them ahead of it. I don't think Nintendo's really even the running because they kind of just took the summer off, which is fine. That is their prerogative. I understand why they're doing that because they're so worried about like COVID delays, but this is not a summer where they wanted to compete. And But seeing how Microsoft kind of got uh, bounced a little bit, I think that might be one of the better calls to make. Man, the Nintendo thing makes me so sad because... <laughs> I, it's not all right, and it sucks. And because <laughs> I think specifically the three of us, bless Imran and me, have talked for so many different ways, different times on Games Daily about Nintendo's strategy this year or the last year and a half or whatever, and how weird it is that. So they have Animal Crossing. We have Paper Mario coming out uh, in a couple weeks now, and that was yeah, announced not too long ago. Yeah, in, in a very bizarre way. Just here it is on Twitter, right? And like in some ways, that was very exciting. Like, I like the Nintendo was like, hey, we don't even need a direct right now. We can just announce a game. I just feel like we need more of that, though, on a, a semi more consistent basis for it to, to keep up that kind of like relevance of announcements. And because there needs to be this a cadence of, okay, cool, but what am I going to get to play? And I've been waiting for a new Nintendo game for a very long time at this yeah, point. Like, they announced Pokemon Snap, but they didn't say when Pokemon Snap is coming. The last, yeah. the last scheduled Nintendo game, I think, even announced Nintendo game is paper mario 
Yep. Like I guess Metroid Prime and stuff like that. Like those will come someday, but right now Paper Mario is it, and they haven't announced what's coming after that. And it's like so, there's all the rumors of Mario games and stuff, and like that's great, but like right now they don't exist. Right now I have nothing to look forward to in the fall for my Switch. Yeah. And being somebody that that wasn't into Animal Crossing, it's like cool. Then I haven't really like I just picked up my Switch for the first time in months to play the Min Min Smash Brothers stuff, and like that sucks. I want more, you know? Yeah. Like Bravely Default, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be 2020, but. Honestly, they haven't said anything since that demo. And I, I watched my girlfriend play that demo. That demo seems real bad. And oh, really? I, I would not be shocked if they w- took the feedback as like, okay, we got to push this back a little bit. And just kind of mm. quietly working on it. So with, with Nintendo, like, what do you guys think? What are they going to do? Like, because right now, like, the only thing we have is um, Jeff Grubb's summer game mess where uh, it, it used to say August Nintendo, question mark. And now it's straight up wildcard Nintendo. Who knows what it'll do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like they have, they have to say something either the week of or the week after uh, Paper Mario. Because I think we were, we were having the same conversation leading up to Animal Crossing. And they had the issue of, oh, yeah, so what are the Nintendo games for the year? You know, after Animal Crossing, what are we going to get? It's been forever since we got a Nintendo Direct. And Animal Crossing came through. And you can kind of tell that that was their big focus leading up to uh, its release in, like, April, I think. Time's a flat circle. End of March. Um, <laughs> end of March. Once Which we got once did, we got Animal Crossing, it did work out great for them. Like they mm-hmm. they sold more copies of that game than they genuinely expected to do. So it's hard to say I mean, maybe that, that they made a mistake. But like Nintendo's always been weird about having a relationship with customers, and this is kind of like the zenith of that of them being scared to even announce anything. And maybe there's something there because I assume that that's what they're doing with Paper Mario. After Paper Mario, that's maybe that's when we get the 3d mario games that are announced as the the fall nintendo game um i don't necessarily like that strategy because i i I like to know it's coming out in the immediate future i like to know what i can look forward to because as tim was saying that like oh yeah the last year we've not really gotten a a a big nintendo title unless you are an animal crossing person i'm like looking through my nintendo uh switch library right now like my home screen to see what's actually there and it's uh pokemon cafe mix which was that pokemon game that they 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 dropped um that was that's kind of it's very much a mobile game like a puzzle mobile game that has like a really cool style but it's kind of whenever um and then i have namco museums uh volume one and two yeah (laughs) um what paradise and jump rope challenge and so 51 51 classic games there you go so there's that (laughs) and there there is you know which i I need to shout out because every time i have this conversation people bring up like oh they do have a big game and it's like Honestly, guys, you know what I mean. Like, come on, Xenoblade yeah, Chronicles like, Deluxe or whatever is not gonna push the envelope for this at all. And even if you do, like, a game a month is still a pretty low bar, mm-hmm. and they're, they aren't actually even hitting that. Like, their content totally. for this month was Min Min. That's yeah. kind of it. Yeah, Jump rope. I came in at the last day. Jump rope, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a very interesting time for Nintendo, and I, I assume a big part of it is to what emron was saying covid you imagine that they're like all right let's slow down we got covid we got e3 being canceled let's just pump the brakes and just go with the flow and see what happens but at the same time when everybody else is at the point where they're they're speaking loudly when we're looking around and seeing that ubisoft forward is about to happen and we got that playstation event and all these different events it almost feels like their silence is kind of weird yeah 
but it's that right. double-edged sword right of like what i mean if they don't feel like they have anything to announce do they force an announcement and then get told no you lost d3 and you look bad compared to everybody else it is a summer where xbox and playstation are going head to head right and fighting as they get ready to launch these new consoles nintendo isn't nintendo is able to coast off of animal crossing put out paper mario put out these mario uh bundles or whatever you want to call them and then the you know uh, the other game that you just xenoblade and uh be like cool that's you know what we're doing it's not the normal year it's not the year they wanted they've talked about you know how how covid and everything else has affected them like maybe it is a year to take your foot off the gas i know that doesn't inspire people to uh go buy a switch but that's difficult to go do right now period yeah and they're still selling switches like that's the infuriating anything about it is like yeah. we can clown on nintendo really for having a poor like library or release schedule but at the end of the day they're still selling everything out and they're still selling millions and millions of copies of games like animal crossing numbers are numbers that even the biggest games in the industry would be jealous of yeah. and it's infuriating because like i want to criticize you so badly for fucking this up but you're doing so well it's it's like that scene of the simpsons where homer's yelling you just lost yourself a customer to mo while everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. giving him money like that is this right now of like totally hey, like please release more games and it's like mm. But we don't why? need to. Yeah. And that's what bums me out the most of this is that it just as a Nintendo fan that has seen the good and seen the bad, like this just reminds me of the GameCube times and certain parts of the Wii era and the N64, where it's like there's such gold, but it's so few and far between. And it's like the Switch like had such a great first couple of years that I thought that forever we were gonna have this cadence of oh, okay, we're moving on from having the 3DS and the the Wii U, now it's all focused on one thing. There's always going to be at least, I mean, I'd love something once a month. And I, I feel like back in the day, there was that cadence. So it's like sad to not see that anymore. But I would even take like once a quarter having a major game that speaks to you, you know, um, and like having at least two games a quarter that cool, you're either going to be a this person or that person, whether it's Xenoblade or whether it's Luigi's Mansion or other titles like that. I just feel like this year doesn't even have the luigi's mansion three type mm-hmm. uh thing yeah. and it's it's july <laughs> like it's yeah. like cool they might come up with something later but it's like we'll see paper mario is going to be the one that uh i'm really i'm really hoping ends up being great but i'm not that optimistic it's going to get nines yeah and i'm going to love pokemon snap but like pokemon snap is not going to set the world on fire yeah Greg, but they moving set on. it on fire with Animal Crossing, right? Like I, 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 yeah. I just feel like I they're in mean. such a different boat this year. And every time, they, I mean, they fucking put out a thing of like, now you can swim, and we all flip out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is. I don't get me wrong. I know, you know, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of different ways to slice this, and I understand that from the hardcore Nintendo or just the video game fans, we want the new shiny thing. We want the next big thing. But I think in a weird 2020, as it is for everybody in a 2020, that's going to be dominated by, you know, what the bells and whistles of next gen are. Nintendo is playing the cards the best they can. Yeah. But I think it's just, it's just a weird thing where Nintendo doesn't play the same game. Everyone else does. And that's frustrating sure. if you like Nintendo stuff. Sure. No, totally, like, totally. We want you to compete. And Nintendo's just kind of like sick, kicking the soccer ball outside the outside. But for the years game. they said they weren't they weren't gonna compete. They haven't competed in so long, right? Yes. But I think that's that's what's frustrating, is like comparing it to themselves. It's like like, all right, cool. So down all, all the COVID stuff's happening, everything you just said is totally valid, Greg. But it's like, Thank cool, you. then what about the last half of last year? You know, yeah. where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like we had like this problem existed. I was bitching about Nintendo not having games leading into Animal Crossing, and that was pre COVID, you know? Yeah. So it's like, and I, I get that it all kind of like goes on top of each other and whatever, not to blame for this. But Greg, who do yeah. you think is winning so far? Uh, it's going to sound like a joke, but hear me out. And you can laugh and then you get, but bug snacks. Stadia. 
Okay. <laughs> I think I think Bug Snacks is hands down one E3. Like I've in this being a weird not E3, yada yada yada. I think Imran's point, obviously, of uh, you know, PlayStation, it's the boring answer that they've won or whatever. They have, but I think they've won in a weird way of like, sure, it's it's just not this monumental win. I think on the heels of Animal Crossing and what we're talking about of like seeing all of the video game industry uh, love this game, play this game. Gary make a weird talk show about it that has Shaggy on it tonight. Like, there's all this different stuff. But for the PlayStation 5 event to come out and be like, we're going to talk about the PlayStation 5. We're going to show a Horizon game. We're going to show a new Miles Morales game. We're going to talk, you know, like actually give you what next gen is. Here's this weird indie that, for full disclosure, of course, uh, Pop Agenda, my wife's company, does uh, brand marketing and all that jazz on it. Uh, that uh, this does not influence my opinion of I don't know what the fuck Bugsnacks is or if I'll ever play Bugsnacks, but the fact that everyone's gonna win a dice war, don't worry. <laughs> that that was part of the agreement for my wife to work on it. Uh <laughs> the fact that people are still talking about Bugsnacks and singing the Bugsnacks songs and it's getting referenced still to this day so often. And I mean like the fact the fact that IGN is still tweeting about it nonstop and putting out all sorts of stuff. The fact that Shuhei Yoshida, you know, today weeks later in his uh, PlayStation Indies thing mentions the he still has the Bug Snack song in his head. Like that's a weird thing from the guys who made Octodad, which was another weird, quirky, cool song game that like we all were humming or knew about or whatever. You knew it was this weird game. Like this is just a weird trailer that I feel like has had such legs on it that I don't think anybody would have expected. Not to mention that when the PlayStation 5 event did end, people were pissed off there were so many indies and a weird bug snack. Some people were pissed off about bug snacks, but it seems universally now that this game that nobody knows what the fuck it is where you eat a strawberry and it becomes your hand is now what everybody's talking about still. There's a there's a games industry like meetup thing over Zoom with like media and developers and stuff like that. And a couple of weeks ago, Literally, just there's like 500 people in a Zoom call just all singing the Bug Snacks song because it's gotten that infectious for people. Yeah. That, like, I don't want it's not a like cultural phenomenon, maybe overstating it quite a bit, but video game <laughs> industry phenomenon. Like, honestly, like from a PR perspective, memeing your game is one of the better things you can do, especially if it's not going to get that much attention next to a Horizon or something like that. Sure. that next that to a Miles Morales. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing oh, yeah. about it where I know this is a this is a weird year and that's why it's fun to sit here and be like all right cool on this crazy ass whatever the fuck E3 naughty 3 month long there's a digital showcase every other day kind of thing it's harder to pick the winner and I think that the fact that out of the blue this weird indie game about eating bug or I don't you know eating food and becoming them or eating bugs that are the snack or I don't know what the fuck it is like that that it's had this kind of resonance and it is still talked about fondly to this day and people are still singing the song and making memes about it and making things and changing their names to, I think Jeff Grubbs is still uh, about bug snacks, isn't it? Like, yeah. Talking about grub snacks is still his thing. It's like, it's got this weird lasting effect that I think it's a weird year. So you have to look at a weird winner in a way that I don't think anybody would have expected this. It's also just nice and pleasant. It's not like, yeah, no offense to the last of us too, but the last of us too is not nice and pleasant. Bug snacks is a good thing to be like, okay, we're, we're all kind of, we're not past animal crossing, but you know, animal crossing kind of, had its cultural effect on us and now we needed something that's like still nice cute yeah bug snacks is the most games media ass bullshit i have ever seen in my <laughs> life and i don't i don't mean that in a bad way i'm part of it for sure as well like i fucking sing that shit all the time but gia does not like it but uh yeah it's it's funny the, i was referencing dice earlier so greg i, I don't think yeah. you got caught what i was saying is that it's like it reminds me of untitled goose game right? sure where it's like, like, let's see what this gets because people are, are super into it for whatever reason. It's the weirdest um, thing. Blessing and I have talked about it on the shows, right? And it's like, 
when it got announced and we watched the trailer and we talked about it, it was very much like, yeah, this is a funny song and it's a cute idea, I guess, or whatever, but it's going to be a six when it comes out. It's going to be, what, what are you doing in this game? And I still have no fucking idea what you're doing in this game. But the more you talk about it, the more people celebrate it and the more bug snacks they release that people get excited for. You're like, I, if, is it going the Animal Crossing route of just being this weird thing? Like, I don't know. What, what are you doing? I'm going to call it now. It won't. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I, like, don't want, I almost don't want them to release gameplay for it. Like I, I, I feel like out. that's I just want to play the game right now, dude. It's a like Kojima's moment, experience. <laughs> I feel like the moment they release gameplay for it is the moment where that mystique kind of dissipates, and we're all just like, "Oh, oh that's okay. what Snacks is." Oh, it's and a video game. It. Yeah, it's because, not a lifestyle. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's because I have my own ideas of what it might be, and I could be completely wrong. Um, but I don't think it's going to be like an Untitled Goose game. I think it's going to be a, an actual game with actual mechanics. No offense to the Untitled Goose game because they have mechanics, but like. I weird. think this might be be more so a um like a full fledged not a full fledged but an a, an actual game with like a gameplay loop and like when Wait, you look at hold the, on, the hold tweets on. They uh, Untitled Goose Game had mechanics it was a puzzle game yeah but it was it was alright though it was alright but this feels the, like a thing designed to get Chrissy Teigen to like say what's bug snacks on Twitter. Oh, she'll I can know. see that, 100%. but I also, so she'll the know. Re- <laughs> the reason why I make the argument that I think this is going to be more so a a, a gamey game is seeing the tweets from the devs being like, "All right, this is our inspiration mm, for Bucks Max," mm. and it's stuff like Dark Cloud and it's stuff like Viva Pinata. I and Bioshock was in there. Dark Souls. Like, no, not Dark Souls. <laughs> but they did say Bioshock. I'm pretty sure, and so I don't they know did, what yeah. that means. But I, I, with with the with the Dark Cloud and Viva Pinata thing in particular. And with the screenshots that me and Greg, Greg were perusing through as we are doing an episode of PS Love You, it seems, if I had to guess, it seems to me like there's going to be some some sort of collection aspect to it. It seems to me that there's going to be some sort of mixture of, oh yeah, let's you go into dungeons or or whatever. You go into the forest and you find different kinds of bug, bug snacks and you collect them and you bring them back to the village and you do something with them. I have no idea. You can only um, find this wall with uh, banana hands. Yeah, you can only do you can only do this with this. I can I, I think there will be some sort of gameplay progression and possibly an interesting loop there that works and makes it interesting. Um that that's that's where I'm coming at uh, with it. And I hope that I hope that is that because I'm actually very much looking forward to it if it's that. I'll probably not ever actually play the game. Like maybe I will, maybe <laughs> it's fine. I'm enjoying it on this level before I actually find out what it is. Yeah. Bless training in that way. I don't <laughs> exactly I, this is Kojima esque, I'm telling you. I don't know if there is any, a winner so far. I, I mean, if I had to choose one, I would say PlayStation easily because th- they've had the best showcase so far. They've um, really been the only showcase. And but that's the only that's the other thing too is I feel like PlayStation is really really the other one or really the only ones who have had their own showcase. Like there's Grill Collective, there's Future uh, Game Showcase, there's the PC Game Show, there's Upload VR, there's the Microsoft thing that they they did with the with the next gen stuff. But none of that ha- has felt as. Um, big or as um i guess purposeful is the wrong word but there like there's a reason why that playstation 5 event was as good as it was because they had a goal they need to sell you on the ps5 they had to make this their coming out party they have to um you know show you why this group of games is worth being excited for and so getting miles morales and getting horizon forbidden west Mm -hmm. and getting but show some love to ratchet okay guys um I mean, there, there's no way to, to do all that and not have the best showcase. Um, but that's also kind of what we want from a place, want and expect from a PlayStation showcase. I think 
it's going to be a lot easier to judge by the end of August when we see what Xbox does next month and we see what this Ubisoft forward. And I also forgot that we got EA Play also, which shout out to EA Play. Um, that event was great. Uh, and not just because Greg Miller is hosting it, but because Thank the actual you. content was great. Um, or the actual content was more so interesting than, than previous EA Play. I said skate. Like, that's all anyone really wanted. All I had to do. That's true. That's very that true. quadrants looked dope. Yes, it did. But yeah, I, I, the reason why for me it's even harder to even say that anyone has won so far is that I think as an event overall, as the quote Summer Games Fest or Summer of Gaming or whatever you want to call it, I feel like overall it's been kind of messy. Um, it, I've not oh, necessarily yeah. found myself being able to take everything in in the same way that E3 has kind of helped us take everything in because everything is is locked to a week for the most part. Having everything spread out over the course of what four months oh no wait was that kevin that left no nah, it was me i'm back oh it's great okay cool um you know having things spread out in a way where it's from may to august and we're in the thick of it for four months straight i'm exhausted like the, yeah. the ubisoft thing is coming up soon and i want to be excited for it but at the same time i'm just like i've been through so much already you know we're talking about that today like it's coming up yeah and we it's on the 12th which is a sunday and it's like what the fuck like that's no it's not e3 anymore like you don't have to condense this all into an eight-day period why you you have every weekday in the world to work with why is this happening at noon on a sunday like fuck and that's where we're at like i think that's a separate conversation to some extent but yeah the when when e3 when we're all like e3 is gonna die i remember talking and being like i hope that they everybody gets on the same page and we still keep it contained to one week, like one week of here we fucking go. And I think COVID fucked that up on top of it and everything else. But yes, the fact that like, as Jeff Grubb puts it as the summer game mess sprawls out into August, it is a marathon that on one hand is exciting. And in one hand is cool. And it's awesome that if you are a dreams fan, there was dreams this past week and you could see everything that they're doing. And I think that's a great move and yada, yada. The problem is, is that, E3 used to be the one week where you felt like you could kind of be up on the entire video game industry, at least the press conference days, where you could literally watch all of it and be like, awesome, I have a great feel on what's going on. You know, Now it's that thing of, okay, cool, we did the Guerrilla Collective, the PC Gamer Show followed that, uh, then there was the other thing that happened that week, that was one of them, sure? and then you get all the way down to today, you know, on the PlayStation blog, they're like, here are all these games that are getting announced on this thing, That's we're giving out nine indie games on the PlayStation blog, but not all at once, and not all in one video, and not all linking them in the same article at the same time, so you're going through, and it's like, recompile pops up, and I'm like, okay, this, I think, is one of their announcements today, and I know that I've seen it, I think, in our showcase and in the PC Gamer Showcase. So I think the news is that it's on play. It's like, come on. Like, it's just yeah. I mean, like, your attention span and your bandwidth to remember all this and keep it going at once is kind of ridiculous. Like, they announced the Ooblets early access date today. Yep. And I typically remember, like, two previous shows where Ooblets was in the last month. And they didn't announce the date in either one of those. So, like, why today and why, like... I, for me, it's just confused. It's a confusing mess, and I understand why publishers like it because they think they think you'll get more of the information and let it sink in. But it's the exact opposite is happening because I'm literally forgetting shows and just seeing stuff on Twitter and be like, "Oh, yeah. cool, that." Thing. Well, it's yeah. the same. It's the same. It's the problem that nobody's playing by the same rules. When we did the game, kind of funny game showcases, not the Gorilla Collective. Uh, the folks over at the Mix were in charge of going through the games and picking exactly what got on. When we did the showcases, I was always like, "Cool." 
this needs to be our exclusive asset. This needs to be our thing. Like we need, it's just how we're doing this. So we, you know, because I didn't want it to be watered down that, oh, you've already seen this game elsewhere. And so I imagine if you're the Ooblets team and they come to you and like, hey, do you want to be in these other two showcases? You're like, sure, hell yeah. Just put our footage in there and show us in the thing and yada, yada, yada. And then there's still that moment though of, but we want to own our own beat. We want to have our own moment, which is that we're going to announce our early access uh, today on you know July 1st or whatever. And that's where you get into this thing of it's just getting diluted because there's so, how many times you see the games and like if if I guess it doesn't work exactly. But if somebody had said to me today, oh, yeah, Ooblets early access. I'm like, oh, didn't we know that already? Like the fact that I saw the tweet and had a press release. I'm like, OK, this is clearly news. But you start getting this thing like, oh, yeah, I've seen Ooblets multiple times this summer. Like that's mm-hmm. got to be the thing. Right. But then it's this weird push and pull argument of. Like, I was, I'm never going to be excited for Ooblets, right? So does the Ooblets audience, are they watching everything and seeing every piece of footage and or that they want to and then also getting excited for this announcement? Like, I just feel like it's it's not, it feels for us, the people who react to it and talk about it and do all this stuff, unwieldy. There's just so much going on. And I've seen uh, MC Fixer, uh, obviously kind of funny best friend, runs a bunch of his own stuff, twitch.tv slash MC Fixer. I've seen him on Twitter being like, hey, there are just too many of these shows. Like, I just can't, like, why is this happening? But I wonder if, I'm kind of like, sorry, go finish. No, no, I mean, I, but I wonder if that's a content creator feeling. It is. And, and, And that's my thing with this is like, I am totally the opposite of you, Greg, where when E3 was canceled or whatever, God, what funny word. Right? That makes like, it sound Jesus. like it's actually harassed somebody. Um, but whatever. I mean, there when, is Ubisoft show still coming up, so we can still God. use that phrase. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but when when the E3 died, um, at least for, for this year. And when it was, was wounded. Questions, I remember that you know we we all were like trying to theorize like what we thought was going to happen in terms of are they going to stick to one week or are they going to spread out? And I thought they were going to spread out, and that's what I wanted too. And I think that at the, the end of it, like I love this and I prefer this over the one-week E3 thing. That stuff was great. It's my childhood. Everything about that was so awesome of having Christmas every week in the year. Or you know what I mean? Once a year, yeah, yeah. having a, a video game Christmas. And I just think that like the industry's changed so much and the way that all this stuff happens has changed so much. And I think expectations have gotten so much higher because the production value, the presentation value, all that stuff has increased for these shows. And the expectations of the fact that the PlayStation 5 reveal event that we just saw disappointed people is a testament to people's standards are just completely unwieldy where it's like they announced so many games that people are looking forward to and just because people expected them to be there it was was, oh well there's nothing mind-blowing and it's just like okay cool but we still got ratchet and horizon and gran turismo and uh spider-man and what it was like that's freaking crazy right apply that to literally any of the other things ea play it's like you can have your issues with EA Play for whatever reason, because at the end of the day, oh. no new game was announced and shown in, in a super exciting way. But it's like Squadrons look pretty dope. And they did say Skate 4. That's exciting. Best EA Play show they've ever done. But it's like it's easier to kind of criticize it uh, because there's expectations for all of these shows. The point that I'm trying to get to here is back when it was E3, where it was one week with a bunch of shows, kind of funny, IGN, whoever it was, they weren't doing content for uh the like we never covered the pc game show we never mm-hmm. covered the random indie, indie press conferences that would pop up unless we had some insider knowledge that something might happen or you know had some kind of poke or push to do it the fact that we're covering all these things that we are like live reacting on twitch to um the new game plus expo and all that stuff like that's on us and it's like i think that we're only sure. doing that because a why not b we are interested and just the fact that it, they're all on different days at different times, 
we can in a way that we couldn't do that when it was E3. And it's like, fuck, we already know we have a 12 hour day because we're doing the Ubisoft conference and the Microsoft conference and the Bethesda conference in one day. Um, so I don't know if you, you're uh, catching my drift here, but it's like, I do think that uh, I want to see, I feel like this year wasn't the best implement implementation of it all i think that jeff's summer game fest thing with the calendar didn't work but i think that it could work yeah but what it needs to be more defined on tiers of importance of here are the big ones that everyone you should watch these and then maybe a color-coded thing or something of like here's some stuff hey it's going to be cool there's going to be announcements and it's going to be great but like it's the kind of funny game showcase it's not hey you know, something that is like drop everything you're doing to watch. It is like, hey, this is going to be a pretty neat thing if you have nothing else to do or if you're interested in these type of games. Um, but like, well, I there's think that's a, part of the understanding. That's part of the thing is that again, to your point, and again, it being a weird year, and so it's like there's so many different things here where this was a fire drill. I feel like to get to this point, that a normal year, it let's it, let's say there was no pandemic and they were like, E3 is not happening, then it would have been a different ball of wax. I think because anyway, it's what you're talking about. If like. Okay, Xbox did their thing early on with third party, which they didn't message exactly correctly, and so people were pissed. Then PlayStation did their thing, and we're still waiting on Ubisoft, right? EA Play just happened. Okay, cool. That was different, too. Bethesda's not in the race. Nintendo's out of the thing. It, it, it is that. I think if all the big players were there in their normal capacities, it would we would already have that structure a bit more of like, all right, you know what's AAA, you know what's AA, you know what's the indie scene. And imagine next year, and it, it does kind of suck that because of the COVID stuff, we're all thrown into just a, a tizzy here, but it's like, I love the idea that, cool, July 12th Ubisoft's thing. Yeah. Next July, we should expect a Ubisoft press conference, you know? And it's like, okay, cool, uh, late July is going to be Xbox. Late June is going to be, or mid-June, whatever, is going to be PlayStation. Like, Kind of having these different tenfold times that you expect from them in the same way that we expect a PSX um, in December. We expect Game Awards in December. It's like, just choose your own time and have some type of consistency there. I think it's the lack of consistency and knowledge of, like Nintendo to me is just like, there's just, it's stressful when things happen because we just have no idea. There's no way for us to react to it, to like expect it. And that's all on top of, like looking at this thing now, it's like, cool, Jeff Grubb's Summer Game Mass right now, the upcoming stuff, July 7th, Nacon Connect. July 8th, can't wait. Wow, Shadowlands Blizzard stream. Oh, let's July 11th, go. Devolver. July 11th or 12th, Ubisoft. July 14th, another Google Stadia Connect. July 15th, Unreal Fest Online. July 20th, Dev Showcase. July 22nd, Bandai Namco Play Anime Live. <laughs> just what everything that I just said right there. How many of those would we actually cover if we didn't feel a weird pressure right now because of all like this. that Bandai Namco thing would be a, a half hour appointment where I go to their booth and be like, okay, cool. You got Dragon Ball. I'll play that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I do think that that, that is a, a, the bad side of this of like, we're seeing equal importance to this as all these other things where it's like, it would have just been an E3 appointment. But the good side of it is seeing things like the few um, announcements that Keeley's made purely using summer game fest. And so far it's only been Activision things, but Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 and Crash Bandicoot 4. Both awesome things that you wouldn't necessarily see at a major press conference, but they kind of had their own moment. I thought they were appropriately hyped up for what they ended up being. It's also a weird thing because like this year's a console launch year. So everyone gets like half secretive and half enthusiastic about all their stuff. So like, for example, Ubisoft stuff had to be in July because they had to wait for the console manufacturers to go first. And then the console manufacturers kind of went first and then didn't really. And no. Like, there have been so many societal things that are happening that stuff got pushed back. Like, 
even people who were doing uh, like IGN had their days of play or whatever it was called. But that had to be pushed back because Sony stuff was pushed back and they were going to talk about Sony stuff. It it ended up being much more of a mess than it needed to be because like, let's say Ubisoft did want to just not have it in July. They wanted to have it in December. They can't yeah. this year because they're going to talk about Assassin's Creed that's going to come out in November or alongside new consoles or whatever. So we kind of ended up in a very self-imposed mess like the industry as a whole did and i don't think that's a thing that'll that will apply next year but maybe we'll just like you said maybe we will hew so close to tradition that we'll still have the same kind of not necessarily problem but i think we have to get used to yeah i think the biggest thing that hurt this is everyone was playing chicken and Mm -hmm. afraid to commit to just working together to make this better for everybody like look like so GameSpot had their summer of play thing like there weren't announcements there right Play for, all. More, play for all play for all yeah sorry we just um, we're just on monday <laughs> otherwise i'd be there too like i don't remember ign's name um and yes uh, ign was the uh summer, summer of gaming, gaming right and it's just like I, I they did a great job so much awesome content there but it's just kind of like okay well at the end of the day what was that like compared to uh, what we kind of expected it to be or would want it to be of major blowouts uh, of different games whereas summer game fest uh the the jeff thing it's like we do have gamescom opening night live that's coming up like we do there's expectations there um of what that's going to be and i think that we're just seeing this weird thing where when you look at the schedule for the ign uh summer of gaming it's like cool ton of awesome stuff there we didn't react to any of it you know and like not that that's the end all be all of like is this worth doing but i do think that it's like if everyone was on the same page and there was one calendar that was tiered in some way it's like then it would be like all right cool this wouldn't feel as overbearing and ridiculous because greg you brought up the playstation blog post games today like this isn't the first time playstation's done the we're announcing a bunch of indie games throughout the the um the day they've done this like that was in like january i think right like it was earlier this year it was a while out there yeah yeah and it's just like we're the ones that are conflating that with this summer fucking game fest (laughs) you get what i'm saying whereas really it's just it's just an announcement on a blog and it's like i i'm with you where it's like i would have much rather see that as a state of play as a like this is worth watching because we do have an awesome slate of games and we want to push them in front of you instead it just all starts feeling like noise because there is so much noise yeah and that's the thing i think this year where there's just so much going on there's just so much happening and that is why i think it's a weirder year to try to pick who won fake e3 or who won dead e3 or whatever you want to call it non-e3 who won it i think it is who rises above that noise and I, you know i'm surprised honestly to sit here and not say keely if you would ask me coming like hey e3 is dead who do you think is going to win fake e3 i don't know oh, jeff keely and i yeah. think that yeah you know uh summer game fest isn't exactly what it needs to be and he mm-hmm. i'm sure well, and i'm totally projecting here i'm sure he has a million different ways and things he's thinking about for next year and how he wants to do this but and i would imagine too of going to everybody and being like listen you trust me every december to be able to hold your biggest games let's trust me to be the not the not a calendar man of this fucking thing where i get to lay it all out and we get to promote it as one unified here it is here's what we're doing bless he also has like two other shows to do too like he has games common games awards so like there even if he did have announcements it behooves him to like hold some stuff back for the oh, shows uh, well and he's been pimping that out as the season finale of all this and I, mm-hmm. I, it's like that's cool you know i like that and that that is very exciting um but bless i was gonna ask you mm-hmm. what do you think happens next year 
See, that was the question I was actually thinking about asking you guys. Because for me, I imagine that. I guess it all depends on what the move is for E3. Do we see E3 back next year? I, and to that, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know if e, I don't know if E3 returns or how E3 even returns. Especially now that we called E3 next year for sure. Especially now that like everybody's doing their own thing, everybody has had to find a way to do their own thing and have had varying levels levels of, of success. I don't think I don't think E3 at least returns in the same way where yeah. we have people in their scheduled spots we have ubisoft going on on monday um after playstation or however like in microsoft going on monday and but that's going at, uh sunday night and all these different things i don't think i don't think you have the same um uh layout for e3 next year and so i think i'm to what imran's saying i think we have we probably have a thing called e3 but i do think we kind of get a repeat of this summer um in some sort of way and whether that is People have figured things out, and because uh, well, I can't predict the future, and so assuming that there's no protests going on uh, in June, maybe everything is condensed back into June, and people find their own uh, their own dates and their own spots within that same month because because there's success in, in not necessarily spreading things out over the course of a whole season, um, and you know us not having console reveals and all these different things that are going on at the same time in COVID, I. I, I think we get back to some sort of normalcy with that stuff, but I think things will look way different than they have looked uh, over the last few generations with E3 and everything being being in the same week. I remember before E3 was officially canceled, people were jumping off that ship. Like a lot of yeah. people were going like, we're not going to be, Jeff Keighley said he's not going to be in E3. We yeah. still had no like judge week plans or anything like that. It just, I don't, whatever they bring back next year, I think is going to be a return of whatever they were going to do this year. And mm. I'm excited to see what that is because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a big fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. I think I definitely think they're going to force some kind of E3 thing next year. I think the ESA will, if they're still around. I, I, you know, who knows? Everything changes in fucking two days now. If they're still around, there's going to be some kind of thing, and they'll try to force some kind of thing. And I think it will be not. Uh, it'll pale in comparison to what it's been before. And I think that this is the kind of stuff these showcases and uh, online demos. And it's also like you know, yeah, you you try to balance out. Um, you know your our optimism to get back to something that's a normal life versus the pessimistic like we're a country that can't get this fucking shit together at all on this and it's like you know i remember that doctor that i've quoted a million times or yeah yeah doctor from penn state i think it was or university of pennsylvania who was like you know he thinks fall 2021 would be the earliest actual events come back into being a real thing and so even let's say that's too far and that's pushing it out out like if you're in another country right now and we get to this time, you know, you know, less than a year now to what E3 would normally be, are you going to be down to send somebody here? Or what are the international travel restrictions going to be like? Where is any of this at? What, like, we're still so far away from being able to do a traditional show that I can't even fathom it. And I think when you do come back, we're going to have reverberations of this for years to come, let alone less than a year removed from you know the zenith of it which it isn't because now we're still going crazy yeah very interesting points well, ladies and gentlemen we're about to do a post show for this here kind of funny games cast if you are a patreon.com slash kind of funny games supporter for everyone else we love you we appreciate you we will return next week with this show um and like greg said earlier we got the the ps i love you iron man vr review going up we got the ghost of tsushima review coming here to the games cast in a couple weeks greg miller from kind of funny what's up 
Yeah, I was going to do a joke, but then you actually got into serious stuff. So yeah, great stuff. So get us your Iron Man VR questions for PS. I love you. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. And then also I was thinking since uh, our review of Ghost of Tsushima will drop on a Tuesday as well, where a PS I love you will post as well. Review on Gamescast and then also for PS I love you write in with games, uh, Ghost of Tsushima questions we could answer post review. So non-spoiler stuff, but we'll talk obviously as a Gamescast crew and then me and Blessing can answer any questions we can the same day as well as like a companion piece cool. as a thing there and then my joke was going to be of course i'm offended because i didn't want to say it and look conceited but clearly i won e3 i hosted ea play hosted the gorilla collective popped up on the pc gamer show to tell those dorks about persona mm. come on that's right come on that's right great blessing always disappointed me banned from e3 to winning e3 and just one <laughs> i know right fuck them damn damn, damn. damn. until next time love you guys